I did, I, uh, I do, I wish there was a way to recreate our In Media Reds intros. I guess we could just start talking and then at some point some of us, one of us could say hello, but it's hard because we had to do the whole clapping. I have, a, and then... I, I have an well, idea. Yeah. yeah, Aaron, what's your for idea? For one today, I kind of want to do the, I want to, I don't know. Yeah, no, just start talking and I'll kind of introduce okay. what okay, I'm kind of okay, working okay, okay, with. Okay, great, 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 great. Yeah, so I'm on new meds. They're apparently not only new to me, but newer to the field of psych of psychi- psychological yeah. medication. Yeah. Uh, it's called Remoran, and it's which I, I've I, heard of this before. I've remembered when they were treating uh, veterans with PTSD with it. Yeah, so I'm not a veteran with PTSD, but I am a brain with a significant amount of trauma, uh, and so they're trying these meds out on me. And by they, I mean my very nice psychiatric. Uh, nurse practitioner and my therapist said that she tends to like psychiatric nurse practitioners better than the actual psychiatrist because in her words psychiatrists are often super weird yes and not only are they often super weird in my experience <laughs> psychiatrists are often uh controlling have control yeah. issues and are sometimes kind of cruel yeah um, my, my therapist said that she works with obviously she works with a lot of psychiatrists because she also yeah, she sure, works sure, sure. at um, denver health doing crisis services yeah cool and uh she was like yeah like not all of them but a lot of them are just kind of off yeah dog so i think nice people who have a um pathologic interest in the human brain become therapists or neuroscientists or whatever i think uh uh well-meaning psychopaths who have a a pathologic interest in the human brain might become psychiatrists who knows i'd believe it or research neuroscientists it's not not to say whatever like some of my my uh best friends uh parents growing up two of whom are psychiatrists um anyway they all have degrees in psychiatry and they're all super strange people, and my uh, friend is definitely um, not the most normal human being I've ever met, having been raised by those people. Sure. Uh, but they were really nice and are really nice still. Um, but it's just like you don't, when you're not working with patients as your main thing, I just there's a different set of, you don't have to have the like bedside manner of a therapist who works with patients every day. Yeah, sure. So nurse practitioners are apparently the way to go, according to my therapist. I've heard I've heard similar statements from previous therapists, honestly, and it's interesting that that's consistent. Um, I'm really curious about when Aaron is <laughs> gonna break in with his thing. I know because it feels like it should have happened. No, well, now you're making it weird, so now we've well, got to no, go back to it. No, that's a part of the joke, though. Oh, oh, I see, is it? What you've just done is the equivalent of protesting at the Capitol building about stay-at-home orders. Yep, it's it all just it? means it's gonna take longer. For the for the intro to come in is That's is fine. what he means by that because you pointed you because no you I get it the kim- whatever I I think you parted the kimono I- <laughs> and put it on the table and there was a tiger inside and everybody was like ah holy shit now we got to deal with this tiger we okay, can't do Aaron's okay, cool okay, intro okay all right the only tiger around here is my son crawfish my son crawfish I want to talk, talk about, about my crawfish, son crawfish our new podcast Hannah and I adopted uh, we adopted a son a son his name is crawfish. I don't know if we're allowed to say who we are yet, um, but we are. You can say who you are. Okay, great. My name's Hannah, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. My name is Kai, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. And, my name's uh, Aaron, and my pronouns are he, him, his. My other name is um, Daddy, or BB, because that's right, folks. I have a son again. You're, par- you're a parent now. I'm a parent My other now, name is and Mommy, because I'm a parent to a son. And he's a cat, and he's here somewhere, and I don't know where he went. Yeah. Um, but because he's very slonky and he's very quiet because his collar has slonky. a collar. 
He's very slonky. Um, He's three years old. His name is Crawfish. He is uh, an all-black cat except for two bits of white on his tummy. He's got some white patches on his tummy. And he's got a little patch on his shoulder that's just like a few Mm -hmm. white hairs. It's really funny. But his face is pitch black. Like his gums are black. His nose is black. He's very handsome. Uh, His eyes are yellow. Yeah. And he is FIV positive. Mm -hmm. He has thumbs. He is polydactyl. He's polydactyl. He is my immunocompromised friend ally son son boy boy lad, lad um and wow. uh, a lot of titles he's got a lot of titles he is also the reigning queen of this household he is a queen as he, the way that his thumbs are make him look like he's walking around in high heels all the time and we picture him with uh he's sort of a tennessee williams type figure yeah he sort of talks like this because his name's crawfish and it's from the side well he's not actually he's, i don't know where he's from he's probably from colorado he's from somewhere he's three who knows um he hasn't had the opportunity to be that many places in his little life um, but he reminds me of tennessee williams in his demeanor and appearance and therefore crawlfish yeah and also his thumbs you know tennessee williams crawlfish that's true um, i feel replaced because <laughs> we've got a new boy a new boy with thumbs uh yeah. we have we have not yet taught crawfish how to audio engineer a podcast so don't okay. worry he is That's very good. advanced for just, his age, just please, though. Please give me some notice of like a month before, yeah, like before. when you start <laughs> training him to do that. Yeah. Like after you're done training him to use the toilet and flush it. We will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And after we've trained him how to make dinner. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Listen, you're doing great. Yeah. Um, No one could ever replace you. Hang in there, champ. I feel like it's six minutes in, so I'm going to go ahead and say this is if it's Gaby Play. And it's a podcast. And Aaron has a bit that he might drop on us later. And the only reason I'm I'm parting that kimono is because we're six minutes into our podcast without saying the name of it. So this is if it's gay we play. Yeah, it's a queer point. podcast. It's a, maybe going to be about video games, probably. And we have a new podcast, and his name is Carl Fish, and he's here to say that he likes tuna in a major way. <laughs> can can the audience we're trying hear to rap now? Kai. The music that Aaron yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. fun. Crawfish is here, and he is a good boy, and he likes to play with his favorite toys. What's his favorite toy? Uh, on the beat. It's eggplant. Mm. Uh. What? <laughs> Geodesic domes. You heard? Oh, boy. Um. Yes, they will be able to hear it because... I can put it in directly. Oh, Perfect. yeah. Well, I didn't know if you were planning on doing that or not, well, or if this could... was just going to be a fun little bit where Hannah and Kai talk weird for like three minutes for it's no. It's called rap. Discernible Kai, reason. It's called rapping. I had it. I had it better called. before I was recording. I got stage fright. I need to get my drum kit out. Anyway, I thought, um, I I really enjoy the work of Hannibal Burris, and yes. uh, he has a podcast where several times throughout each show they'll just break into a freestyle and it's probably the best part of the show that's amazing um, that is every amazing. time um that's really good i love i love hannibal Buress. i'm yes. glad i picked up on it because it i was expecting you with the music to do something but then yeah. i just i used the beat came in and i his name is yeah Parker. and you nailed it thank you you were there uh where did our son go is he still in this room um i don't know if he's still in this room but he's still on this floor i sent him sense our son i no. do have i do have mom sense though that's genuinely a thing that hannah you have pointed mom out the other day for of mom son. hearing for our son yeah 
um, mom sense. I know uh, when he's doing something bad or when he is doing something good. He, you're like I'm Santa basically Claus Santa in that Claus. Way. Has he? Do, he hasn't really done anything bad yet. I don't. No, think. he hasn't done anything bad. He did but try he's to eat knocked, the webcam, That's and he's it. also knocked a couple of things off of my uh, altar, and I've been like, hey. You know, like maybe he's trying to tell you something. He is trying to tell me something, and it's that he wants attention, and so I give it to him. And you know, yeah, I am mean, just saying maybe you should pay attention to what objects he's knocking off the altar. Because oh, I have be been. Good. It's interesting. It's uh, some rocks, and most of it is my pill bottles, actually, which live on one of my altars, um, because he likes the noise that they make. Well, yeah. Can you blame them? They make a fun no, noise. No, they make a good noise. I get it. They're, he's a kitty they're good cat. Toys. They make a good noise. Yeah. You're going to have to make come up with some other uh, system for knowing that you've taken your pills besides flipping them upside down. Oh, I don't use that anymore. Okay, the, great. The ones that are flipped upside down are just ones that I don't take every day. It's gotcha. more a system of organization as opposed to knowing if I've taken them or gotcha, not. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. The way that I know that I've taken them or not is a very handy system that I like to call reusing an old prescription bottle. Um, and I'm telling our listeners because maybe they can use this too. Yeah, it's actually pretty handy. You take an old prescription bottle and you empty it out, got nothing in it, um, and then you take the amount of prescriptions that you take on any given day from your filled bottles and you put them in the empty one. And then you can just carry around a handy little prescription bottle with all of your prescriptions that you are going to take in that day in the bottle. Yep. Uh, I want to get a... I'm Vanna White style displaying displaying the bottle to Hannah. Uh, I want to get one of those pill containers for old people because that have the days of the week on them because I am ex- actually genuinely extremely terrible at those remembering. Those aren't just for older adults. They're for everyone. Yeah, they Plenty are Plenty of people everybody. use them. Yes, they're just in the old people section of the Walgreens. Walgreens, well, I would, I would maybe say older adult or like vulnerable population. Yeah. Um, I know, I'm just, I'm just. I'm so sorry. I work in the nonprofit field. I know. This I'm is just why goofing. I'm We're this. on a goof I know, podcast. I know. Let's make some goofs now, uh, shall we? Let's what stop it, being at work now, shall the, we? What's the gayest thing you've done this week? Um, I adopted a cat with my partner. I yeah, me too. Hi, weirdly baby enough, boy, he's here. Hi, baby boy. Hi, Crawfish. I too adopted a cat with my partner, and I think one of the gayest things about that was the fact that um, we knew that he was our son when we saw uh, the first picture of him on the website. He's in the chair next to me. He's here now. Good. Good boy. Um, We we just saw his eyes. I saw him, and I knew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw the sign, and it opened up my eyes to his eyes. And he looks to my, but not when you look at his tummy and whatever, but his face looks exactly yeah. like the cat that they had placed Salem on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yes, it's absolutely incredible. I love it very much yeah. because I loved that show. And on his, now of course the photo will be taken down, but we can put it on our, uh, you know, on our Instagram. He, uh, his photo on the on the shelter website was him just like staring all wide-eyed and tilting his little head to the side all curious. Yeah. Because he's a curious gentleman and he's he getting along so well with his new roommate Orbit the dog. Yes. Um, he has stepped Orbit a little bit when Orbit got too close, and that was about it. But they are it's day three, and they're cohabitating fairly harmoniously. And that is – I'm just so proud of my extremely good son. He's yes. such a good student. He's a week ahead of where the, the shelter packet recommendations for introducing him to his new home. Because on the first day, he just wanted to explore the whole house. He has no timidity. He's a brave boy. Yeah, we kept him in the the small space for a good chunk of the day, uh, which which is recommended. But then, but he, he wanted he to get out, chill. so yeah. we put up a barricade and we let him explore the upstairs, and then we let him explore the downstairs, and that's the process by which you introduce a cat to a new house. 
Um, he just did it really fast. Well, see, I feel like this is an educational podcast as well, and we teach methods of introducing a new cat to a new household, you yeah. know? Normally, you want to keep him in the small room for like a week. Yeah. And the people at the shelter were like, well, he might, you know, because the carrier, the expensive carrier I bought for him right before we went at the pet store was too small for our beefy boy. He's also a beefcake. It's He's what I would like to say muscular. about our son. He's a beefy boy. Like shockingly muscular. Shockingly beefy. Um, so mm. his neck is like, like thicker than he's got two of my thick wrists neck he's he's a be- when i say he's slonky he's not slinky because he's slonky he's 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 well he's all black and he doesn't have a collar yet so he doesn't make any mo- noise when he moves uh and so he blends into the shadows like a little ninja um but also he's a beefy boy yeah he's like a he's like a uh he's like a fighter with a really high self stealth score for sure for sure is our boy uh, maybe no maybe not a fighter he's not particularly um quarrelsome our boy he doesn't seem like he's one to to maybe a paladin yeah maybe he's a paladin with a really high stealth score yeah my or beefy, a druid my beefy boy my beefy boy so no, uh rogues, anyway that's the gayest thing that we both did this all week. cats are no- rogues i think he's a maybe he's a ranger i don't know we'll figure it out all cats are rogues though we already know this yes he's just a beefy rogue whereas tori was an arcane trickster what have you been playing this week anna I've been playing um, not D&D, as a matter of fact. What? Um, the gayest thing you did this week was adopt a cat with a partner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah, there's nothing else it's, to say. Oh, and the other thing is, uh, this is my first uh, animal that I'm getting living outside of my parents' house. And I think when I lived with my parents, at least, uh, when I, I got a dog, and because I lived with my parents, she became the family dog, as opposed to just mine, because, you know, she lives with those people and they're my family. Um, so she still lives with them because it was like her house growing up and all that, etc. Um, and this is the first time that I've ever gotten a pet like in a house that I am renting and, you know, uh, am, it's your first like grown up. It's my first like grown up pet, basically. And it's also my first pet. Hannah, you're making me so nervous the way that your phone is on top of that. Um, it's also uh, my first pet that I've ever gotten with a partner. Um, and I think that that is really, I don't know, something special. It's very special. And he's extremely special. I was just scratching his little neck. Yes, he's very special. Um, he loves pets. I just, I do, I just feel like we haven't quite talked about crawfish enough. Mm, mm-hmm. um, because let's face it, folks, let's face it, America, the biggest news to hit our community this side of the Mississippi this week is that if it's gay, we play as a new podcast. Yeah. There's literally nothing else more important, nothing else more newsworthy happening in the world right now. I mean, at the very least, in our home, that's the yeah. most newsworthy. That's like the most exciting thing that's happened since last month when Ivor and Orbit moved in. Yeah, completely. You it, know? It's it's curing a very specific aspect of my depression already or treating it, which is the inability to get out of bed in the morning because now he's there and he's, he's yelling at me and he wants me to get out of bed because yeah. he's a, a sweet, squeaky boy. Yeah. Um, he lo- he's very talkative. We already said that. He has a very small meow. Like, he's a beefcake, but he has a really, like, like small, kind of squeaky meow. Would yeah. you? How would you describe his meow, Kai? I would describe his meow as though uh, you took a cat half his size and gave it helium, and somehow helium affected cats' <laughs> voices. Uh, that would be the sound that came out of his Yeah, head. yeah. That's actually completely, it kind of sounds like you're squeezing like a like an old raggedy squeaky toy sometimes, and it just kind of goes, Meh. Yeah. 
it's he's, amazing. He's a very gentle voice. He's a very gentle and polite young man. Yeah. Um. What else about Crawfish? He drools a lot. He do- he's um, a slobbery boy. He uh, uses a lot of spit when he cleans himself. And he uses he also, so much spit uh, when he cleans himself. I saw him when I found his special spot, which is right in between his shoulder blades, and was scratching there really hard. He drooled a bunch on me. And I loved it. I loved every he's second of so it. He's so gross. I love him. Yeah. He's extre- He's a short hair cat. Well, he's actually a medium hair cat because he's super fluffy. Like his, his hair looks short, but then you touch it and, and it's he's got very, very fluffy. He's got very thick hair, which I sympathize with. Um, he, I think we look alike, all three of us. I think yeah. he looks like both of us. Yeah. Um, even though we just met him, he's black. We talked about that. He's fluffy. He's a snuggle board. Um, he's a brave boy. He's a good boy. He loves string a lot. He has an eggplant. His uh, auntie Kendra uh, gave him a welcome gift of an eggplant filled with catnip, and he has already ripped a hole in it to get to the catnip inside. <laughs> so that's Crawfish, and his name's Crawfish. What else do you need to know? He's a cat, and his name's Crawfish. Yeah. He came with that name, and we're keeping it because it's uh, excellent. I dare you, I, I dare you to look at that cat and find a more perfect name for him. His name is Crawfish. So, Kai. Yes, Hannah. What have you been playing? I know you already asked me that, but then I talked about the cats more, and now I want to hear you talk about your games. Well, I have been playing less Call of Duty this week, which is unfortunate because I think this weekend is a free weekend where you can play the you know base game with each other, and I miss some opportunities to play Call of Duty with my boys. But I've I mean, been it's Sunday. You can really, still go. Yeah, I know. I've been really uh, depressed in my defense, um, and as a result of that, I've been really deep into Animal Crossing this week, and I've been playing a shit ton of Animal Crossing, um, and the game is really picking up. The uh, first um, big update just came out, uh, and it introduced um, Red, the uh, the the fox salesperson, um, shady art dealer and furniture dealer type type guy. Uh, Tom Nook's ex-business partner and ex-lover, they had a very bad breakup, and um, Tom Nook has forbidden Red from coming near him again, but Red still wants to be involved, so it's, I know, I know, it's very dramatic, Um, and not only that, but there was a museum expansion, and uh, the museum now has space for art and statues, um and that's a dope museum yeah it's really tight and uh not only that but i have finally unlocked island designer and i am able to change the topography of my island so it's pretty big things are happening on kylan is all i'm saying in terms of development i fucking forgot your Um, island was named kylan which is really fucking hilarious actually it really still holds up talk about that more yeah i'm a huge fan so uh animal crossing things i i want to talk a little bit more about animal crossing um during the main segment so i'll stop talking about it now and i'll ask you hannah what have you been playing this week are we finally gonna talk are we gonna finally talk about nostalgia this week uh we should nope okay Great. Do you have a different topic in mind? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, yeah, I, so I finished uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and I want to talk about that for a minute. Because yeah, please. it was a really good game, and yeah, I really, I watched really the whole conclusion with you as enjoyed you played. It. it was it riveting. Was, yeah, I'm glad you did. I was just about to say riveting. You stole the words right out of my mouth. It was really good. Um, this the I would say out of that 
that three that three game series, uh, the middle game is for sure a misstep. Like it's a sophomore well, that's true slump. Of most game series, you know, like well, Dragon Age Two, in my opinion, is worse than Dragon oh, it's Age the worst. And yeah, Inquisition. but however, Mass Effect Two is far best. and above the best Mass mm, Effect. Okay, fair. Uh, Mass Effect Two is an aberration, though. I love. Here's the thing, though. We've talked about this before. Uh, this in brief. This is our our um our. Here's the thing, Charles. Hi, Charles. And this is message is specifically for you. <laughs> It's for a lot of people, but it's specifically for Charles. Uh, if we don't talk about Bioware, it will turn into like a kidney stone and it'll go travel into our hearts and we'll die. That's true. Like I think it's, it's more like a blood clot. I feel like yeah. more like your blood will stop moving at some part of your body and will then dislodge eventually and hit your brain, causing a severe stroke and killing you both. That yeah. is certainly the risk of a blood clot. Thank S- you, Aaron. Spiritually. <laughs> Spirit. It's a spiritual hey, blood listen. It's it is hard to be light and airy at these times. No, okay? I get it. I get it. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right? I'm, I'm sorry if my humor is a bit dark, Kai. It's, it's a little bit that, too... That dark, that raunchy, that South that, Park. That dark South Park, uh, Aquatine humor, Hunger uh. Force humor. Yeah, man. that's that Aquatine adult, Hunger Force. That, that Adult Swim humor. That Adult Swim just kind of like random Robot YouTube chicken. meets Okay, I just hate like this bit. Nihilism. I hate this bit. We need to stop. We need to stop. Here's the one thing I will say about Robot Chicken. Jamie Loftus wrote a season and I love her. However, I yes. think Robot Chicken sucks shit and is not funny. That's so I, I thought um, it was funny when I was younger. Yeah, exactly. Same. When you were Couldn't a 14-year-old boy, yeah, exactly. you thought it was hilarious. I haven't seen it since. Anyway, Hannah, you uh, the, the second Tomb Raider, not as good as this one. Yeah, the what makes Tomb this Raider, one better than the second Tomb Raider? Uh, everything. Tell me about Tomb so, so Raider. So the plots, when I think about it, the plots of those two games, of Rise of the Tomb Raider and Shadow of the Tomb Raider, are actually quite similar. Um, Lara goes... They're actually exactly the same. In both... Lara starts at a in media res at a separate location doing some sort of tomb raiding, just some sort of in media res raiding of tombs, and you play the tutorial dungeon. Um, and then you travel by plane to another pl- part, another area, another place. Um, and uh, you the plane crashes, you wind up in the wilderness, you fight a big animal. You learn to survive and get all your gear and shit back. So this is the summary of every Tomb Raider game. Yes, but let me keep talking. Okay. Uh, you've, you've, you, spe- this is very specifically, like I'm thinking beat for beat as these things happen in each game. You can't see it, but there's a really good, like if this was a YouTube video, there would be clips playing of beat for beat, the exact same thing happening in both ha- sides. Yeah, Because sure, it's in sure. my brain. Yeah, sure. Um, that's happening in my brain right now. So just cool. picture it. If you've played uh-huh. both of those games, do me a favor. Close your eyes and picture it. And it'll be like you're watching a YouTube video. <clears throat> so paint a word picture. Uh, I'm so you you that all happens. Uh, you're fighting Trinity, which is this shadowy, uh, sort of non-specific like Christian uh, cult organization. Mm. It's like if the Da Vinci Code was better. Uh, it's 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 the same thing where it's like these Christian cultists uh, looking for these ancient secrets to like eternal life and like remaking the world in God's image, basically. And that's Trinity, and you can tell that because Trinity Catholic, obviously yeah, the Holy Trinity. Sure, yeah, I get it. What? What? Uh, the Holy. You mean you mean uh, uh, beer, guns, and jet skis? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Beer, boobs, and uh, Jesus, Jesus, mason jars, and fitness. Um, that's no, that's the new hipster movement of Christianity. Yeah, no, I have seen a real rise, especially where I'm at now. Um, I, there's a, I went to a girl with elementary, went to elementary school with a girl. I went to a girl with elementary school is what uh-huh. I was about to say. 
this story's not interesting. Anyway, uh, uh, back to Tomb Raider. Um, back to Lara Croft's very good tomb adventure. Um, so your good, your good friend and uh, your mommy and mine. Well, not your mommy. Your wife and mine, Lara Croft. So anyway. Is out in the world. She finds, in both, she finds a hidden city that, uh, in the middle of this uh, uh, supposed wilderness. My God. Uh, learns that there are these like ancient peoples living there, befriends them, does missions for them, and fights with them against Trinity. However, in the second game, as you've heard me complain about before, it's in the middle of Siberia. Fine, I'm with you. G- a, a Jesus figure, a, a Christ-like oh, figure. yeah, I forgot about this Yeah, one. an immortal yeah, yeah. figure of some kind led his people from uh, uh, like um, modern Syria area. I think you start the game in modern Syria, in like a tomb in Syria, not like urban Syria. Um, and you go, he led his people to Siberia and there's like a secret oasis valley where his people live in Siberia. Fine, I'm with you. It's fantasy, whatever. I can I can follow you. Yeah. Um, Lara Croft, Lara Croft adventures are modern high fantasy. Sure. Um, because there's magic is absolutely real in the uh-huh. Tomb Raider universe. Um, you get to whatever. So in the second one, it's stupid that you get to this valley. It's stupid. The people are white people, and everyone speaks English. Like. They came from Syria to Siberia and they're white and everyone speaks English instead of, I don't know, any like uh, uh, any Middle Eastern language or Russian, maybe. I don't know, because they're in Russia. So what you're saying is it's stupid. The second the one's stupid. The third one is better. The third than one the is that, one. but good because okay. you start. You start. It all may actually makes sense. Uh, the 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 fiction that they craft. You start in the uh, Yucatan Peninsula. You find this dagger. I'm not going to summarize the whole game. Thank you. Uh, but you, it's it 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 immediately tells you that it's it. They're doing. Sorry, I'm putting my thoughts together. It's basic. It's the exact same opening, basically, but they immediately do basically the opposite thing that happens in the first game. In the first game, it's like Trinity fucks up, and Lara is the only person who can save the world. And that's uh-huh. the second, or sorry, the second game. In the third game, Lara steals this dagger and immediately sets about a chain of events uh, that's triggering the apocalypse, and immediately sets off natural disasters that kill thousands of people. Like Wolf. immediately, because Lara is ostensibly she's doing this, she's looking for this dagger, essentially as a continuation of the events or whatever from the first game. I don't remember mm-hmm. how much time has passed, um, but of the condition, she has this like blood vendetta against Trinity because they killed her father when mm-hmm. she was a kid um, because her father was trying to find the secret to like, a t- like the fountain of life and uh, uh, like El Dorado. Basically he was yeah. trying to find all these legendary places. Um, so you are continuing his work. You Lara and uh, you set off the apocalypse, which would have mm-hmm. happened if your dad had been able, allowed to complete his goals earlier. But now you did it and you have to fix it. Um, and so the rest of the game is, again, beat for beat the same as the second game, except good. And also Lara is fixing her own mistake. Like she's the hero. She's not really the hero of the game, I would argue. And you watched a lot of it, Kai. I think you're familiar enough with the plot, too. Um, be able to chime in if you'd like. Do you feel like you have a, a pretty good understanding of what happened in the game just by I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of what happened out? in the game, like the overarching like base, you know, hits of the plot. like And like who, beats, more or less, who more people less are. More or less who people are, yeah. Um, I think it's really interesting that the game is seemingly confronting itself or utilizing the third game in this reboot to confront 
Tomb Raider's sort of uh, history um, mm-hmm. and Lara Croft's like own personal history and mistakes, like the fact that it is super um, fucked up that she comes into these places and is all white savior all over the place mm-hmm. and then also like steals things from people's Artifacts. She's tombs. a white British, yeah, a, white, a white rich British person. Yeah, she's a, right she's a colonizer. White, a and I, I don't necessarily think that the third game like, confronts that directly by any means but they they're like approaching that yeah they make gestures a little it. bit and i mean i i you know i'm not the biggest fan of tomb raider myself i don't enjoy platformers i don't like playing the games and i definitely have some strong critique uh about the content of the games but i think that that's very interesting that the third game has decided to be like you know what look lara it actually does it benefit you to do this all on your own because that's sort of also um turning around that uh sort of indiana jones stereotype wherein indy in every single movie has different allies because indiana jones is inherently a lone wolf like that's his base nature but he only sometimes has to for a short period of time know people or have romantic flings or whatever but he functions best alone Lara Croft, however, functions best when she, like, has a team. And I think that's a really beneficial message about um, leadership and teamwork. So that's cool. Absolutely. And it's it. I think it's it's a critique of a lot of things. I think you're right that it doesn't, you know, super effectively confront it. I think it does the AAA game version of confronting it, um, which is cowardly. And uh, I could argue a step in the right – it's a step in the right direction, but it's not – it's a little misguided, to say the least. Yeah. Um, but they do, I mean, I, th- I think it's a critique of a lot of things. I think it's a critique of toxic masculinity because the the things that Lara are confronting in this game are the unchecked ambition of two men and how that's affecting her life. Oh, that's interesting. See, I didn't um, know that. Well, this is something that I'm thinking of now, but the, the, the unchecked ambition of her father is what landed her in this situation and mm-hmm. her her desire to like live up to his legacy or like please him yeah. posthumously in some way because he was really distant after her mom died. Um, and, you know, it, she's a ri- she's poor rich kid, so whatever, but like she didn't have parents. She had like governesses and, and distant British money and... Uh, she her own unchecked ambition in the model of her father so arguably a t- I would argue a toxically masculine model uh, uh, of this colonizer mindset and but of this like lone wolf I have to do it all myself mindset mm-hmm. <clears throat> because yeah because not listening to people is what's it's what's landed her in this situation not listening to the people who say stop call it off yeah um and, uh, like, in the first one, they land up on the island because she insists on, like, sailing into a storm, basically. Yeah. I mean, I get that it's a video game um, and, like, you have to kill people. I just don't like that people, uh, especially um, indigenous people, have to die in order for a white woman to learn that lesson. I completely agree. I remember agree. saying that to you when you were playing it. Yeah. I, th- I completely agree. I think the point is that it's not just a white—I mean, it's not just a white woman. It's Lara Croft, who is a— the Tomb Raider is a cultural icon. And so mm. I think it's it's speaking less to the experience of an individual white woman and more speaking to the Tomb Raider, I would I, I think you could argue. Regardless of whether that's true or not, I still don't think that makes that right. No, I agree. I, I think the franchise, I don't think the franchise should need to do that to learn that lesson. I don't think the, the 
the franchise, the, the property owners or whatever of, of Lara Croft should need to do that to her in order to make that point or should need to do That's that in saying. order to make yeah, that point. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they don't need yeah. to write that in order to... To make that point to the audience, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think they should trust their audience more than that. I think it's too heavy-handed, way way too heavy-handed and also racist. So it's, it's, um, you know, problematic. It is a really fun video game, and in terms of the the storytelling and the pacing, the stakes feel high the entire time, Mm. but it never feels stressful because as in all Tomb Raider games, you don't have to complete anything in a certain amount of time. Yeah. Like even if it says it's urgent, it's urgent, it's urgent, you can go dick around and do side quests for a while. That's nice. Um, which is my, it feels, um, kind of like how, uh, it feels kind of Bioware-y. Does that make sense? It feels kind of Mass Effect-y. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, where they're like, the world's ending, the world's ending, but you can go spend four hours doing the Citadel DLC. It's See, that, I oh, find yeah. that interesting that you like that because some people are much less into that as like a video game model because they like that real sense of urgency. Kai. Long yes, ago, since we're doing all the hits of yeah, early, if it's it. gaming play, of the of the golden age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're doing, um, I want to uh, also tie in, Kai, your uh, problem with open world games. And mm-hmm. one that I have really noticed is that it's hard when the open world game starts nearing the end of the storyline and everything uh-huh. is far more serious. Yeah. And it's supposed to be very, like, time sensitive. Um, often, like, that sense of... Um, urgency uh that that well the the suspension of disbelief starts oh, yeah. falling yeah. apart mm-hmm. um unless you just completely focus on the story mission the which is not beneficial this, mm-hmm. the problem the with this is yes well also because uh these teams insist on stuffing as much uh side content as possible into a game mm-hmm. yeah and many like challenges or unlocks or uh, side missions you can only access after reaching a certain part in the story right? in the late game. So you are then fucking around on the side when you also know that you're supposed to, like, be preparing for some big battle, yet you just unlocked, like, the most silly, goofy side quest, which works for, like, comic relief at that point in the game, but doesn't make any sense why your character would be doing that. Yeah, and so it that was the, the thing narrative with... that they're trying to create. Mm-hmm. Right, that was the thing with Red Dead Redemption Two. That's a game I love enough that I actually think I will one day achieve one hundred percent completion on that game. Amazing, because I enjoy playing it so much. Um, but I need to like really sit with the effect the story had on me first. Totally, because I know that it will require me breaking the uh cowboy simulation uh like character driven game that mm-hmm. i love um it will kind of like tear away that veneer and remind me that i'm just playing a game yeah at the end of the day where i'm just a dude like sprinting around on a horse in a in a digital world right to find and so like that's that's a thing right that's a thing that i think like i think game designers should should take note and, like, say, hey, why don't we put all the side quest stuff in the middle of the game yeah. when you have time to yeah. fuck around narratively? And then just give me a pop-up window that's like, beyond this point, you can't do any more side quests. In some games Because have it that. doesn't make any sense. Right, which would just be great. But literally, yeah. I had to Google it. Um, I was like, okay, I think I'm near the end. What is the mission I don't want to click on uh, if I want to do some last things? Yeah. And, you know. Uh, uh, it's just one yeah. of those things. 
I agree. I it doesn't bother me as it depends on the game. It doesn't bother me as much, but I think I agree that it's not a convention that works in video games. It's a convention that can work great in like in television, for instance. I'm thinking specifically of the Ember Island players and how it's mm. one of the best episodes of Avatar and how it's perfectly placed because the only it's perfectly placed both for the conclusion of this very emotional series because the only thing you have left past Ember Island players when you're rewatching is Sozin's Comet is the yeah. end, the end end. Um, and it's also, it was perfectly placed, it's perfectly placed in the story because the story of Avatar is just building tension until the end. Like the, the, the climax of the entire series happens in the last four episodes because you're building towards one specific goal the entire time. There are many climaxes because there's many, um, <laughs> like, there's many, uh, there's like character arcs and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And, you know, Aang learning, mastering a new bending element is a mini climax every time. Uh, and the season finales are always a mini climax. Um, but because it's building tension the entire time, that relief works really well because it is so brief and then you're immediately back. But in a video game, you're talking a diversion of like, between one and six hours. So it takes you so far away from that end goal, that suspension of disbelief that this this end time is is nigh, because it takes you in real time so long to complete those tasks. I mean, some a uh, comparison that I think uh, is valuable here, instead of Avatar um, or in addition to Avatar, is Mass Effect Three, uh, the mm-hmm. Citadel DLC, where mm-hmm. you have that party, and there's uh, you know you're at a sushi restaurant, and you have that whole weird. Side stealth, stealth, stealth sequence. sequence. Um, also, Crawfish I, just poked his little head up. I, I saw. I think that that is an excellently timed final party, specifically because of the fact that it's like right next to the big end mm-hmm. of the world thing. Because I feel like something that people do when everything they know is ending is have blow one off last, steam. Yeah, have, have one have last, one last party. And that's exactly what that place yeah. for that game so that works narratively but they had to tie that cohesively in right. order for it to make sense it's just sense. giving it a narrative justification yeah, exactly. to be there so there you, you can do it yeah you can do it but you you're right you have to have a narrative justification for it yeah. and in emberland in ember island players there is a narrative justification it's kind can of can you describe can you describe the plot of that episode for those such as myself who don't remember it yeah, yeah. so ember island players is where they see a poster for a play that's being put on about their exploits um that uh they all go to and then you watch a um it's like a a a chinese theater style basically it's like this really like over the top acting and big effects and martial arts and stuff um and like musical cues and stuff uh it's actually a a few different traditions of south east asian theater are, are, are put in but uh anyway point being um and so you watch a a actors parody the first like the events of the series up to that point like they, they parody season one of avatar where oh, the oh, character development be, is really because neat. they're they're fire nation yeah they go to a fire people nation, too so yeah. like it's proper it's propaganda it's propaganda well. exactly it's propaganda play but you do watch a really really a funny a, a tongue-in-cheek and and uh well self-referential. done self-referential uh comedy episode where the the uh the, the um, creators parody like the first season of the show where the yeah. character development is a lot more weak and uh, the, the the people act the whole time like the characters they are in the first like five episodes. It's very funny. Uh, and some of the actors voice 
each other's characters in the parody show. It's very good. Um, and the Mass Effect Citadel DLC is is similar in that it parodies a lot about the character of Shepard. Yes, and your crew members. And your crew members. So it, it everybody does a little bit of, like, Liara's just super horny the whole time. Yeah. And Shepard, like, makes fun of the fact that uh, she says, I should go, and the way that she says it, which yeah. is very, very funny. Um, so, yeah, so it's just com- it's self-referential comedy that gives you, the viewer, an opportunity to go, oh, look at all the fun times we've had before they come to an end, which I think is brilliant. I think that's pleasant for me as, uh, as, a, as a person playing the game, and I think that's more important for me in a television series or video game than it is in, like, I don't know, other forms of media, because mm-hmm. I think that um, television series, you know, Avatar, The Last Airbender, how many episodes are there, Hannah? There's like 35 no sorry there's like 50 to 60 because there's like okay so that's a lot of hours of content yeah um and for video games you know you're getting yeah exactly you're getting like 60 plus hours of gameplay generally speaking um and that's a long time to dedicate to yeah i think it and i think that especially with in the case of mass effect at least that's the end of a series that was probably cumulative about 500 to 550 hours of gameplay yeah. or something like that that's a lot of hours and of years gameplay. years of investment and years of investment that some people have um and i think that you know that's part of the reason why kingdom hearts 3 a game that i very famously um have played and dedicated my entire life to right because you've played kingdom uh, hearts so many times yeah because i love and kingdom you love hearts. it so much um every single game played it at least three times dm hey, me any of your questions that you have real about real quick hearts, kai just give me them. one thing that happens in kingdom hearts 2 the second one? Yeah. Um, there is a fight at the end with a person from the club. Could you give me just... The club? A name. What's the name of the club? <laughs> what kind of club is it? What it's, kind of club is it? It's the 13 bad guys. <laughs> That's what it's called. It's called the 13 bad guys and they call it the 13 you bad guys you mean organization 13 <laughs> because they're no it's called 13 bad guys that's what they call it in their internal memos because they have to remind themselves that there are 13 of them and they're bad yeah. guys hey kai just yeah and me- can you tell me that what the one of the 13 bad guys that you actually begin the game playing as um sephiroth his name it's no, sephiroth let's, let's 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 walk it back a little bit give me the okay, name of sorry. any single one of the 13 bad guys Aquamarina. <laughs> the very famous of the 13 bad guys, Aquamarina. You say Aquamarina? Yeah, it's because his hair is like turquoise Here's and he grew up in the marina. You're not that. Here's the thing. Kingdom Hearts is so fucking stupid that I'm 99% sure that somewhere else in the games there is a separate character named Aquamarine. So what the fuck ever? Who cares? It's Kingdom Hearts. As a person who has played a lot of Kingdom Hearts, just like my friend Kai here, it's fucking dumb as fuck. It doesn't matter. Say anything and you're probably right. But anyway, point being... Kingdom Hearts 3 really failed its uh, fans like me, Kai Monahan, biggest fan of Kingdom Hearts, uh, in, in that third game because I feel like there wasn't that same level of payoff of that, those years There's of no emotional payoff. investment. Because, Nothing. I mean, but Garbage. also 
in that case, nothing would really be sufficient. So I'm very curious to see this in other games like Half-Life Alex that's coming up because that's years. It's out. It's out and people absolutely love it. Really? In fact, it's one new fans to the series. That my, is amazing. My, I'm interested in My that. boss who, who uh, my old boss mm-hmm. um, from the sandwich shop mm-hmm. texted me and he's like, dude, should I get Half-Life 2? I just beat Alex and it was fucking incredible. So wow. like- um, people are pretty stoked on it. That's great people news. Okay, so it. then, then that, that yeah. sounds like that that's been done pretty successfully by Valve. So there you go. Well, Valve makes good games. Generally speaking, when, yeah. When they do it every twenty years. Yeah. yeah when Valve. Yeah. When Valve eventually makes another game, when Valve puts out another banger. There's a video. When, uh, there's a video up on Polygon right now that it, uh, where Jenna, um, Jenna Steber breaks down specifically why Valve games are so fun to play. And why, like, basically why Valve is so good at games. Go check it out. It's really interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, I'm telling you, you the listener, I'm also telling you, Aaron, go watch that Polygon yeah, video. Yeah, Aaron specifically. Okay. Anyway, Tomb Raider, I did, I just wanted to wrap up because we got, we kind of went way off the rails, which is, I'm so fine with. I'm, I live off the rails. I, I don't know, know what rails are. But I just wanted to wrap up. Uh, I'll probably talk about it more at another time because I really, really loved it. But the ending was very, um, it was a really satisfying, like, emotional ending. Uh, all, only one like main well two main characters died because one of them is the the villain who you kill the guy whose unchecked ambition is all the other problem in this game um and then you there's this like really i don't want to spoil it there's a really really beautiful sequence at the end uh and then lara like uh has a very satisfying emotional resolution um and seems like she's going to be a healthier person moving forward uh, and I have a lot of headcanons about that, but I, well, I guess the game's been out for a while. Um, whatever. Point being, I don't want to talk about Tomb Raider too much longer. I want to let you, or at all, more. I'll talk about it later. I want to talk about Kai's Tomb Raider, the thing that fills the Tomb Raider-shaped hole in Kai's heart, except in Kai's heart, it's an Animal Crossing-shaped hole. And I want Kai to tell us about that hole. Mm, thank you for vamping for me while I yawned again. You're I welcome. appreciate that very much. Uh, that's, that's I had to talk about right holes there. so much I know. while you yawned. I appreciate it. I um, had to, Kai. Yeah, I made you uh, with, with my with your, gaping yawn hole. <laughs> with your, um, I hated that. With your mind hole. <laughs> 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 I, thought, I thought you might. Uh, so I think the thing that I most wanted to talk about at the Animal Crossing was a realization that we like combined had based out of a, a discussion surrounding it uh when we were of course very stoned and i was playing animal crossing and you were playing tomb raider the other night which as as <laughs> listeners may know regular listeners may know and and i very regularly play video games while stoned and near each other yes um the beauty of having multiple the beauty of the privilege of multiple consoles yes truly and also the true lucky. power of the nintendo switch yeah the nintendo switch is the best thing ever invented um so uh, I was talking to my neighbors because I also, uh, in terms of Kylan's development, just filled all empty plots of land. So now my island is full. Um, not like of stuff, but like of people. Like no more people can move to my island. Uh, and um, it was actually Marina, uh, the octopus, who uh, closed us off. Um, Amazing! You have an octopus. A pink octopus, and I love her. Oh my god! I know that makes me want to come meet that octopus. Yeah, you definitely can. That makes me want to log on to that game. I might. Um, I got a lot of tanning to do tomorrow, so maybe I'll play Animal Crossing. Yeah, I also say I've been sending you consistently a lot of gifts. Must be nice. Played about a month ago. Yeah. To be able to tan. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty dope. 
Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm jealous. Honestly, go back uh, in time and make your ancestors be from Greece. So anyway, I got that last neighbor in, and I was talking to my Animal Crossing neighbors and sort of like talking to Tom Nook, and I was like, oh, wow, this is uh, this game is all about found family, isn't it? Because um, Tom Nook's uh, quote-unquote nephews, he calls them his nephews, are actually two young boys that he adopted um, when he found them on the street, like when they were children children and um raised them as his own and they wanted to go into business with him when they grew up so that's why they started the little business and um like everyone on the island just really seems to support and uplift each other and like the other characters will say nice things to you now instead of vaguely mean and snarky things like in previous games and while that was also very good this is also deeply pleasant uh, I don't know it just really struck home the other day that like Animal Crossing is pretty queer in that it's all about chosen family like none of these people are really related to you and your interaction with your biological quote-unquote family that's your mom who writes you letters and sometimes sends you little gifts in the mail but that's it you have a mom uh, an unseen really mother in Animal Crossing yeah, yeah you do you didn't spring fully formed from the earth uh, you, and you also moved here from somewhere. So I think you moved, yeah. like, you're the only human in this world, presumably, yes. except maybe Zipper. Um, no, Zipper's red. Gotcha. Uh, uh, you, so you're the only human in this world. So I think you moved from, it's like a Zootopia situation, except Zuto- in, in, in this world, and we don't know this, that this isn't the case in Zootopia. Sure. There is separately a human society, it seems. So you are a human who has moved to animal society is what like it that. seems like. Um, and that's why you're like so popular is because you're like a, a, an exotic foreigner well, that you're they've a, never seen before. Uh, you're both that and you are like presumably uh, uh, everybody has different skills and you are a human. So maybe the, the, the reason that you are in charge of like all this construction and stuff. Oh, I like that way Maybe better. you can do it easier because, got thumbs. because you have opposable thumbs and you're like, uh, you know, you're you're naturally bipedal in all this. You're like yeah, yeah. you 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 have skills. It's not that you're better than everyone on the island. It's just that you have a, a set of skills that are really valuable in this community, and so you're put. And you have nothing but time, and you seem perfectly happy to help. I just like to assume that these other animals do have jobs that they do sometimes. Yeah. It's just they all work from home. Well, or they just don't. You just you don't. They're not on screen every second of every day. Yeah. So they all have. Yeah, they have different things that they do. They have different yeah, that's skills. That's what I mean by jobs. I mean like the they have different like little things that they. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And I and that's kind of how I built my town. Is as like uh, I was imagining a queer commune. I was built when I was building it, which brings me to my next point. Perhaps Animal Crossing is queer utopia. Mm. Discuss. It's not quite because there is still a, 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 a good conception a, of money. Yeah. Yeah. There's still this. I, I'll say it. Finicky and um. Uh, there's just still a system of money. Yeah, I think that there's ways that you can uh, build your island to be utopian in many aspects. Oh, totally, but the absolutely. The nature of the game will never allow true utopia. True utopia. I think it, it it's possible. Also, Whatever you can't. I mean, be. you can't uh, romance anybody in Animal Crossing, but not on screen. You know, um, Animal Crossing is just the kindest game. It's just a very kind game. Like, yeah. it seems like everything 
about it is designed it can be a little irritating if you're playing it as an adult because it's like no I get it I've played a lot of video games like I know I would love the option to skip this dialogue because I I, I know I get it I get how the Dodo airport works uh or like you know I don't need to be walked through every step of this because mm. I'm a grown-up I wish there was I just wish there was a mode you could turn on that was like I am a grown-up who's played video games and I I would like fewer things explained to me please. Yeah. And I also in Queer Utopia my to- as Griffin McElroy said your tools break like using them half of yes. one time. It's awful. I as, that and in Queer and Utopia to spoke about that as well. Yeah. yeah. That's that's something that's it's fine. It's like when I'm when I'm feeling the game, it doesn't really bother me. Yeah, no, it like doesn't whatever. bother me. It's just it's inconvenient, especially in comparison to previous Animal Crossing games where your tools never broke. But yeah. because the way that things spawn in this game is different and happen sooner, there has to be some measure to slow yeah, players like down a, a little bit. Yeah, otherwise and, you would just breeze through it. Yeah. I think that having some some small amount of struggle is what keeps. Yes. Arguably creates the one conflict in the game, which is like you, the two conflicts in the game are you versus your loans and yes. you versus your tools, basically. And it's not even a versus. It's just like they're just tasks you have to accomplish. They're just uh, obstacles, small obstacles you have to overcome. Yeah. Um, as well as pacing it out and making you wait in physical time to get things. Um, I think that's a brilliant way because otherwise this game would get boring really, 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 really fast if you mm-hmm. could just do everything at once. Um, and I think it's a, I think it's an, a phenomenal video game. Like yes. I think it's, it's, I just listened to the besties episode where they describe it as arguably the most important game of all time. And it's definitely up there. Yeah. It's the most important game in a long time. Like it's, it's the most it's, important game of right now. Oh, absolutely. It's the most important game of, uh, probably you know it's 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 the defining game of this moment yeah. inarguably uh and i think that's really really neat that it it's the defining game like this is this moment is awful it's hellish in so so many ways and the defining game of this moment is the purest most wholesome kindest and like uh, most uh, a game that is like pure wholesome kind and about like found family and working together to build a stronger chosen community like that's pretty cool yeah i feel like that I means think that's something an to me indicative of some sort of consciousness shift that's occurring personally i hope, I hope so i like to think so me too um and i get i understand again because this game is built for it's not built exclusively it's not like adults are playing a kids game it's not built for children in that way but it's built to be deeply accessible to children it's built to be deeply accessible to everyone even people who don't who haven't really played video games before yeah anybody of any age so i understand why um you uh like the the online thing is so finicky too and why it's so Mm -hmm. like cryptic um so that it minimizes the chances of kids interacting online with strangers um or strangers who will like do them harm yeah totally Uh, yeah um uh, and so yeah it's it minimizes the the interactions of like kids and like yeah like strange weird adults on the animal crossing but uh i do again i wish that there was like a mode you could turn on that was like no, I promise. I'm an adult. I get it. Uh, yeah, I think there's... I'm over the age of 18. There was there's like a, box a couple of things that people have pointed out would be, like, really good quality of life improvements, including less dialogue between, like, 
flying out to a nook island yeah. or whatever. Like, After the first couple times, yeah, you, you the, get um, it. The ability to uh, choose the number of things that you're going to craft at a time yeah. or purchase in, instead of having bundles of one or bundles of five. like Things like that. Just things like that. Just basic quality of life improvements. But generally... Things like that have been the only real problems that people have had with the game mm-hmm. so far. I haven't experienced... Like small UI stuff. Yeah. I haven't experienced any sort of, like, glitches or anything. And, I mean, I've consistently been enjoying it for, like, probably a month now. Yeah. Which is um, cool. N- Nintendo accidentally did the most brilliant thing they could and delayed their game release till the start of a global pandemic. It was so... That's amazing. Yeah. That's crazy uh, uh, for them. Or perhaps they saw some sort of oracle or swamp witch, um, that some sort of misty mountain spirit that told them uh, to wait until this exact yeah. time. Who knows? Not why, but to wait. Yeah. Um, who knows? Who's to say? Or uh, perhaps they listened to their employees and took care of their right. Well-being. That's I'm saying. Perhaps I'm just saying on a financial le- level, they accidentally made that amazing choice. But on an HR level, they had already made an amazing choice, yeah. which is is delay it and wait. And they did an amazing choice for their reputation by doing that. Like mm-hmm. whether or not it was purely well intentioned, it doesn't matter. It's an amazing PR move too. And so now the combi- the combined fact that that game. Like, clearly the game is so good because they took... They took their time. T- yeah, they took probably more time than they needed on it. Yeah. Like, I hope they keep coming out with um, expansions and updates and mm-hmm. DLC and stuff like that because uh, genuinely I am curious about the availability and opportunity. Like, this is the first Animal Crossing game that has come out in a time where DLC and expansions are more the norm mm-hmm. than uh, totally. otherwise. So I'm excited to see... If that's something that Nintendo decides to pursue mm-hmm. because having like new events every month has been a really nice thing so far. So I look forward to that. Yes. Um, y'all, did you see uh, the Elijah Wood thing? Yes. No. What's the most that? wholesome, most thing, wholesome in thing in the world. All right. Let me just, let me just break this down for you, Kai. Break it down, Eric. Um, because it's really So awesome. this person on Twitter uh, was like, hey, I have really good turnip prices right now. Um, please hit me up if you're trying to play the stock market. And then Elijah Wood was like the sixth comment in at some point and was like, hey, can I come? And then DM'd this person for their Dodo code and showed up, posed, Fuck posed yeah. for pictures with everybody, like bought and sold some turnips and, um, <laughs> politely, politely asked, asked the first food? thing he says is your island is beautiful so he's like walking around like commenting on how pretty everything is and yeah. well well laid yeah, out like... and then he poses with pictures for them and then he he politely asks may i pick some fruit while he's there so so and, and the owner of the server is like of course thank you for asking so he just like <laughs> hung out with everybody for like 30 minutes on animal crossing it was like super Chill. great and then left yeah yeah uh it was so pleasant and so wholesome uh it really really pleases me when you know because celebrities i just assume are big piles, oh for sure just, just for sure like yeah. a, a, like a sort of trash golem just yeah. big piles of like fetid garbage and skin suits sure um, but it, 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 it pleases me when a, a, a public figure seems to be just a 
genuinely wholesome he person. seems like just a cool guy yeah for sure he's been he on seems like a cool he's dude. been on three different podcasts that i listen to uh he's a nerd who got famous and just yeah he's he's using fame for the way that i if i were ever famous i would like to use fame yeah, yeah. which is to say for really wholesome reasons like and- he uses it to get things he wants but the things he wants are like good turnips on animal crossing or and to make indie horror flicks so he started a company that's like funding smaller directors and like smaller projects yeah he just like wants he wants he's using his power to create the world that he wants to exist and the world that he wants to exist is a better world and that's cool it seems in other wholesome celebrity animal crossing news um uh Crystal, Crystal West of This is the Read um, similarly wanted some good prices on turnips, and uh, there was an entire Twitter thread and conversation, as well as Animal Crossing uh, gathering surrounding uh, Crystal acquiring Amazing. these turnips. Amazing. Oh, yes. Incredible. Um, it's just, it's absolutely so delightful. pleasant and seeing, wholesome. Yeah, and she was just having a nice time. Again, genuinely wholesome. It, it pleases me, I guess, maybe in a more roundabout sense, it, it pleases me when genuinely wholesome people become... Successful. Fa- successful and famous in some capacity and use their famous and 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 but just stay wholesome people they're just famous now and they use that to create, to like influence, they use that to spread wholesomeness. Yeah. And that's that makes me really happy, and everybody should smoke weed because I know both of those people do. Oh yes, both of those. But does he vape? Crystal is famous for smoking weed. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember if Elijah Wood vapes. He probably does. does. I think he does. My my vote is that he does. Can I ask a question of this uh, podcast before we um, wrap up? Yes, Yes, please. Which one of us vapes? Which one of us is most likely to vape? Me. Me. Now, Aaron. See, the answer is you. But However, however what is us. the truth? See, the answer. Okay, the correct answer and the truth are not always the same thing. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank uh, you. Okay. That is completely accurate. Now, listeners, can you guess which one of us has a vape in front of them right now? I'll give you a minute to pause your podcast. Yeah, why don't you play along that. at home? Play along at home. Yes. Yeah, go uh, on. Play it at home. Yeah, play take a, a minute. God, pause your play podcast. along at home. Um, Guess which one is vaping right now? It's not me. <laughs> Trick question. It's me, Ankai. <coughs> I just watched you vape. Yeah. You, dra- you trash. Oh. You scum. Oh, you s- <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay. The vape. The vape gotcha. Good um, audio. The vape done got. Yeah, yeah. Very, thanks. very, very high quality <laughs> just- audio. <laughs> Look at my fucking waveforms. I'm so sorry, Aaron. When you go to with it, this episode's gonna be really loud when you go to edit it. No, I'm so positive. Uh, this has been a Fitzgibby play. Thank you for it's listening. It's been a podcast. Thanks it's been for a listening. podcast. Almost. Who knows? No, Who I cares? think I, I would call this this one. I would call solidly, definitely a podcast. All right, I'll take it. Take that one to the bank, boys. Ooh, mm, speaking of good audio, that's crunchy. That yummy, crunchy audio. Rip it up, baby. What are you crunching? Some Aaron? trash that I'm throwing away. Mm, cool. Nice, 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 <laughs> um, nice, nice, nice. You want to tell them where to find us, Hannah? Yeah. Speaking of trash, you can find us on the internet. Uh, uh, we are on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Gay Gamers. Kai, are we still banned on Twitter? Uh, I think it just lifted today. Why did you get banned? banned? 
Well, we got reported by some uh, some right wing internet folks, some alt writers, uh, and we got banned on Twitter for being mm-hmm. leftist. So if that is not a sales pitch for our Twitter and podcast, I don't know what is. We should make T-shirts that say "Banned on Twitter" uh, uh, to commemorate the anniversary like of the first time we were banned on Twitter by alt writers. Uh, if you would like a "Banned on Twitter" uh, T-shirt, uh, let us know on uh, Twitter. If you have any interest in merch, let us know because I've always I've always dreamed of having merch, but it costs money. So you know. Uh, anyway, uh, let us know on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook what your thoughts are on any of this. Let me know if you play Tomb Raider. Let us know what your Animal Crossing deets are uh, so Kai can hit you up and I can hit you up if I ever get back on that game. Yeah, I visit Focus Islands and shit. Yeah, uh, Kai Yeah, Kai is very, very active. Uh, hit us up on Words with Friends. Uh, I've been playing Friends of the Show, Noah and Ray. Um, both of them are very good. Yeah, uh, you, both very smart. Both very smart folks. Uh, uh, Ray is in. Ray, didn't Ray just get uh, their master's or PhD or something? Yeah, they just got a degree. Yeah, great. Smart, smart folks. Um, I love words with friends. I'm trying to build a healthier relationship to it. Uh, I talked about video, uh, phone addiction with my therapist recently. So anyway, um, hit us up on. Speaking of phone addiction, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Gay Gamers. That's G A Y G A M E R Z. We're gonna post pictures of our new cat. Look our at him. Our new kitty son. His name's Crawfish, um, and he's ours for the rest of his for the rest of his natural life. For the rest of ours, yep. we love him. Uh, Crawfish is the greatest cat on earth. So yeah, so follow our uh, our Instagram. Um, so we'll we'll be sure to post pictures of him on yes. that. He's a real gamer cat. Yesterday he climbed into the. There's a tiny little space next to where the Xbox One is on the shelf in our little gaming hutch, and he uh, crawled into that little space and wiggled around. And then you just saw his little head with his big yellow eyes poke out next to the Xbox. It was very cute. He and likes he, watching me play games. As soon as I got up to go take a picture of him, he bolted away. Of course. So, naturally. Classic. But he is a real gamer cat. Um, <clears throat> hashtag real gamer cats. Email us at if it's gay we play at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to see pictures of your pets. We would love to see or hear literally anything and everything from you. Uh, we welcome discussion. We welcome um, well-intentioned criticism. We welcome uh, feedback. Um, Send me weird memes. So Aaron, Send Aaron weird memes. I also That's love weird memes. Thing. Send us weird memes because uh, Kai will find them upsetting and Aaron and I will find them hilarious. It really depends on the meme, but yeah, I'm basically an older adult when it comes to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kai's like, spine. what's the internet? Uh, and your spine. Yeah. So those are those things. Thanks to Aaron for our theme song and for producing the Stick Poke Prod Network. You can find other shows on that network. The other uh, principal one being right now, No Exit. It's a uh, comedy horror podcast where my friend Wendy and I uh, watch horror movies. Um, uh, almost no, all of which so far I have seen for the very first time because I w- avoided horror for and a really long time. And you don't watch time. movies, and generally. I don't like or except watch we movies. have been on a documentary kick lately. Oh my god, some I of love documentaries. Movies, some of those documentaries have been movies. Yeah, I don't but, care what form it comes in if it's a documentary. Yeah, it's no, fucking totally righteous. fair. We're fucking a, love documentaries. Uh, also, we became yeah, we became documentary lesbians in the yeah, past couple. Yeah, it's been of weeks, very good. So That's the that. other gayest thing we've done this week. Um, and speaking of documentary lesbians, uh, you should listen to the back catalog of uh, By the Grace of Pod. Hot! Hot! I did it! Because there I is... I did it! We did it! We, that was the most synchronized, almost the most synchronized it's ever been. Yeah, that was great. Because yeah. uh, a lot of those same people are working on a new project right now yeah. that'll be coming uh, out in the next couple of no, weeks. Next so couple, stay we tuned. have no idea. Uh, yeah, At listen, some point. We're trying to do a thing where we bring a fully formed show. 
uh, first. Mm, so we are like we that. have recorded six episodes already, and none of them are good enough to release. None of them are what we're hoping to do. So um, there's not really a couple of weeks is any amount of time. That's true. It's a, listen, time doesn't time doesn't mean, exist time right now. Yeah. Anything, but now we're all experiencing it. I yeah. feel like is meaning nothing. So whatever, it'll come it'll out, come out when it comes out date. when it comes out, and it will be uh, up to some good standards uh, from the get go. Hell yeah, yeah, because we are we are trying to now employ the Nintendo method of podcasting, where we uh, take our time and put out a quality product. Yeah. So um, thanks for inspiring us to do that. That's not a joke. That's not a no. Yeah, no, for uh, real. Fake, you did um, that message for that. Real, for real. Um, uh, it meant That's a lot right. to all of us. It made my day. We got a message from a listener that Kai forwarded uh, a, a week ago, I believe. And um, I was having a very, very yeah. bad day, and I really needed it. So, um, yeah. Thank you. It's very important to yeah, us. To your, your, you. your nice words are very nice. Yeah. Everyone's. Uh, yeah, just just know that when you send us a nice message, it, it uh, really... It yeah, we're still small enough that it <clears throat> fucking goes right to us and it matters. Yeah. Well, I think it's always going to matter because I yeah. think any, any, like, my brain is just so starved for love uh, because that's the way, not because I don't have love, but because that's the way my brain is wired. Um, trying to fix that with those new meds. Mm. Uh, that in any, I think all of us are, are vulnerable and sensitive enough people that any single positive thing anybody says about us forever is uh, going to be grand so thank you it yeah. impact it has a real impact on real people so yeah thank you um that's been a podcast i feel great about it i'm very hungry yeah um and keep playing gay and keep being games and keep being games and keep being games and Fuck. keep be <laughs> fuck shit up fuck shit up okay let's Goodbye. 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 Bye. Bye.